All right, everyone. Welcome back to Board Guy Rambles into Phone. This week's episode brought to you by time travel. No, I promise this isn't going to get incredibly confusing. Like all time travel movies. Anyways, uh, before WWE decided to do something today that actually made me talk about it, I wasn't planning on doing anything remotely related to reviewing Raw or SmackDown this week, because I did not expect there to be anything to talk about. So, well, while there was, and I've already talked about it uh, earlier today, uh, what I plan to do today is take a look back at the year of 2017 in pretty much main roster WWE. I don't plan to talk about anything in NXT or anywhere else in wrestling, just because when you look back at it, 2017 was fucking bonkers. Like, literally, this year was insane. Look, I have to tell you, I have... I mean, everyone knows about my Alexa Bliss title reign podcast or blog post, whatever. That po- That podcast... Uh, at least about her title reign is is about like the chronological order of her title reign. It's about an hour and ten minutes, and most of it takes place in 2017. So about half half of that is about 45 minutes, and that's just one aspect of an insane year that was 2017. So I'm mean, that's only one that's only gonna be one part of this. Uh, entire podcast. God knows how long this podcast is going to take. Uh, It's probably... I imagine this is going to take me two nights to record. I can't tell you how long this podcast will be. I'm not going to try to make it as long... I'm not going to try to make it as long as possible or anything like that, but I'm not expecting this to be short. I'd be surprised if this isn't the longest podcast I ever do. Uh, I, I mean, I'm mostly just going to talk about this off the top of my head, but there will be a few instances of things like I'm going to read a couple of predictions from blog posts I wrote then from predictions posts and one review post, uh, for WrestleMania. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't put my entire predictions for WrestleMania in here, even though that's in a different podcast. I'm putting it in here anyway, uh, because it would be... Uh, I, I can't not do that, and it's my podcast, so I'm doing it. Uh, I'm going to talk about each month one at a time. I'll probably put each month in its own segment so people can skip around. Uh, to what they want. I'm not talking about everything that happens in every month. It's not like I'm going to be going show by show, segment by segment, or anything like that. I'm just going to be talking about significant things that happen. Uh, like significant, if there's a significant event on Raw or SmackDown, I will talk about it. Otherwise, and other than that, I will be talking about significant things that happen on pay-per-views for the most part, or either something significant as in a title match or something that was good or some, or, or something that was really, really bad. So that's basically how it's going to get on here. So it's like, there's a lot of bonkers stuff that was bad about 2017, but I, I will be 
putting the positive stuff in here too. So it's not going to just be, I'm going to rant about how bad this the entire year was. It's going to be a mix of everything. So with that being said, I'm, I'm going to save this as an intro and I will start with January. All right. Uh, let's start with January, obviously. Uh, the first thing before we get to the Royal Rumble, and this is actually a late edition because I took a bunch of notes for this, so I'm prepared. Uh, this was actually just talked about on Twitter today by, um, people that I follow. So, uh, the, a Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss cage match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't particularly remember this match too much. I remember that Mickey James returned during it and it cost Becky the title. Well, from, stopped her from regaining the title, I should say. She, uh, Alexa was the champion at the time. Uh, I don't remember it too specifically, but uh, the person that I was uh, that was posting about it described this as almost as bad for Becky as what uh, Bailey, this is your life was for Bailey. Not as bad, but close to as bad. And when you look about look at the rest of this year. It's hard to debate that, considering Becky basically does nothing for all of 2017. So, uh, yeah, they said that he mentioned that this match is really, really average, and this was the main event, and people were leaving. And, I mean, obviously that wasn't Becky's fault, because Becky is amazing. So, take that for what you will. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I don't remember the match too much as it is, but obviously the fact that I don't remember it kind of proves the point. Uh, so the Royal Rumble, let's talk about the Royal Rumble. First off, not Nia Jax beat Sasha on the pre-show. This is, this is what you're doing with Sasha after... Sasha was screwed out of the title for the third time by Charlotte because of Charlotte's uh, wonderful bullshit pay-per-view streak that was such a huge deal. You'll be hearing about that later. Uh, and Sasha got hurt in this. I don't know if it was a real injury or if it was a, a work injury. I'm not really sure, but I know she was walking around in crutches after this on the show. Uh, so... Whether it's real or not, I'm not sure, but yeah, Sasha lost to Nia Jax. That's great. Uh, Charlotte versus Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, this is Charlotte's first pay-per-view after the entire Charlotte versus Sasha feud and all that shenanigans, bullshit, crap, whatever. Have a whole post about that a few weeks, a few weeks ago, podcast anyway. Just go listen to that. It, uh, let's not drag more of that part into this. But uh, yeah, again, Charlotte's pay-per-view streak. Charlotte has not lost the match on pay-per-view, and uh, since being called up in 2015, she's that's at least. 
15 or so at this point. I'm not sure exactly how many it was, but it was a big deal, and she couldn't lose any of her time. She had to beat Sasha every time because she couldn't lose her pay-per-view streak. It was on a random, on any random show, so we can probably assume she's going to lose at, on pay-per-view at WrestleMania or something like that the first time it happens, something. Uh, for the most part, this match was too short from what I recall, and obviously Charlotte won, but not only did she win, she won clean, and that left her with, like, no challengers whatsoever. I mean, considering she beat Bailey clean, Bailey doesn't really deserve a rematch, but we'll get to it. Kevin Owens defended the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns with Chris Jericho in a shark cage suspended above the ring. I had, I remember I had no expectations for this match whatsoever. I was, I, this is a rematch from Roadblock, or Roadblock End of the Line from the month before. I wasn't too into that match. In fact, actually, I've never actually watched that match. I was so pissed off by uh, Sasha versus Charlotte on Roadblock into the line, which I also fast-forwarded through because I knew it was going to happen. Then I never actually watched the main event of that show. I'm just, I was so done with it. I just stopped watching. Uh, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't too excited for this match either because I just assumed Roman would win. Uh, not because Roman would win, it's just I was not interested in this feud. Uh, but this match actually turned out better than I expected it to be. Uh, that being said, I don't remember it too much now, but in, do, in looking stuff up for this, at the time I thought this match was better than I thought, thought it would be. Uh, Braun cost Roman the, t- Roman the match, so that would lead to their feud. Uh, weren't sure if that would take place at WrestleMania or at Fastlane. Uh, so, moving on to AJ Styles versus John Cena for the WWE title. Uh, not much to say about this. It was a really good match. Uh, Cena won, as we all know. Uh, it, w- it was a really good match. I still think their SummerSlam match was better than this one. But, uh, that's really all I have to say about it. There's not much else to say. Uh, as for the Royal Rumble itself, this was a really, really boring Royal Rumble. And there was, like, no surprises in it outside of Ty Dillinger being number 10. They got that one right. That was, like, the highlight of Ty Dillinger's career, I guess. Uh, but really, like, the main names of this were Brock and Goldberg and Undertaker and Braun, I guess. It it really wasn't that interesting. Uh, Goldberg uh, eliminated Brock pretty much immediately. Uh, Roman was number 30. That pissed everyone off, if I remember correctly. Uh, as Roman does, Roman pisses everyone off, apparently. Uh, he eliminated Undertaker for whatever uh, well, we know where that goes, but, uh, I mean, Jericho could have won, or Sami Zayn could have won if since Kevin Owens had retained, but no. And so Randy Orton won his second Rumble because reasons. 
And for a second, we were about to get Randy Orton versus John Cena again at WrestleMania. Or we thought that could happen. I mean, Orton won the Rumble and Cena was the champion. For a second, that was a thing. Also, is uh, after that, everyone's thinking, like, is AJ Styles really about to face Shane McMahon at WrestleMania? Alright, that's about all there is to talk about January. January isn't what wasn't too much to talk about, but we'll get to everything. Alright, moving on to February. Uh, the first thing, uh, the Raw after Royal Rumble. Uh, Samoa Joe debuted from NXT, finally. He debuted on Raw. Uh, and... Th- with, on the same show, in I think the same segment, Seth Rollins got hurt again. Uh, he hurt his... I don't know if it was the same knee or if it was the other one this time. But he uh, was injured again. Only f- It wasn't as significant as a, an injury as the first one. He, was, uh, he would be able to come back uh, for WrestleMania for his match against Triple H. But it was a really it was a really big scare at the time because he could have missed a second WrestleMania in a row, and it kind of it put a little bit of a damper on Samoa Joe's debut because I mean we could assume that they would have had a match at uh, the first pay per view in uh, or the the the, the pay per view before WrestleMania and that never happened. Instead, Samoa Joe had a match with Sami Zayn, which if I remember correctly, we're not, wasn't, it was fine, but it wasn't much of anything. That was more kind of disappointing too. Uh, another thing, one of the more what the fuck things to happen in the beginning of the year, anyway, Emelina. Remember Emelina? That was the thing. Remember when, uh, instead of using Emma, one of the best female wrestlers they had at the time? They just made her do whatever the fuck this was supposed to be. Like, they spent weeks, and this started back at some point in 2016, because, like, she was about to have a feud with Becky right after WrestleMania in 2016, and then she got hurt. And when they started to do vignettes for her, they just started doing vignettes of all these bikini photos that she was posting on Instagram, and that she was, I don't know exactly what this character was supposed to be or whatnot, but it's like, I mean, if you're... I'm not going to put them down for this being what they were going to do, but they dragged this on for weeks and weeks and months and months, and the minute she walks out there as this character that she's been... Uh, turning into or whatever, she just says, and now I'm turning back to Emma and walks away, and nothing happened. Like, Emma is one of the best female wrestlers you have, and you're sitting here waiting for months to do something with her. You finally debut her, nothing happens, you turn around, and she continues to go and do nothing. Your Your women's division was desperate for new blood, and this is what you did. Nothing. 
You did nothing to help it. Uh, apparently, according to the internet, they didn't think she could play this character, which is sad. Uh, I don't know, again, I don't know exactly what the character was supposed to be that you thought she couldn't play it, but, uh, I mean, Tennille Dashwood can play about any character you give her, so, like, I don't know if you're trying to say that she's not, like, attractive enough to be this character or something as that you're portraying her as, because if you are, that's bullshit in itself, but if there's anything... Like, I don't know what else this character was supposed to be outside of your... Considering literally everything you were doing with this character was just showing her in bikini photos that she was already posting. And, like... Hopefully, I'm sure... I'm sure there was supposed to hopefully be more depth to it than that, and I would hope so. But, uh, in any regard, it's not like Tennille Dashwood couldn't have portrayed that character in for whatever reason you thought she couldn't. And for the love of God, your women's division could have really, really used her, given how good she is in, in the ring and at promos and everything else. Like, she was one of the best parts in NXT when she went back as a heel. But whatever, I guess. Moving on to something good, the Festival of Friendship. Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. This was amazing. Uh, I probably should have watched this again before I talked about it because it's been a while since I've seen this. But it was pr it was pretty amazing. It was hilarious. <laughs> Jericho with the, uh, whatever the hell his outfit was <laughs> made a had a painting made of the two of them where the that. Uh, I don't remember what is it called creation or whatever it's called the painting or they're just their fingers are touching whatever. that was hilarious then Owens gives him a gift and he pulls him out and it's a new list and then he's like why is my name on this list and then it's like it's the list of KO and Kevin Owens just beats the living shit out of him it is amazing Obviously, you can't see me, but I'm, hold, I'm holding a notebook with my notes in it. It's kind of like the license. Basically acting it out here. Uh, anyways, uh, so that was that was one of the best parts of the entire year. And that was in February. Uh, moving on, Bailey wins the Raw Women's Championship from Charlotte on Raw with Sasha's help. Uh I think uh, Bailey was in the figure eight, and then Sasha hit Charlotte with a crutch, and that helped Bailey end up winning the title. Uh, I mean, Sasha loses, or Charlotte loses a title on Raw. Never seen that before. Bailey, uh, the ultimate underdog, has someone help her win a championship. That was weird. I guess, I mean, it makes sense for Sasha to help her, because they're friends, and it's not like Sasha doesn't bend the rules, but Bailey's character at the time, obviously not these days, but wouldn't, it's not her, not really in her character, her character really wouldn't do that. She's like the ultimate pure baby face, and then she refu um, refused to hand the belt 
over to Stephanie McMahon the next week when Stephanie requests that she did so because Sasha helped her in that uh, win the title in that way. And that is not something Bailey would do. That's completely contradicts her character. I mean, like, I prefer Bailey to be champion over Charlotte, obviously. But it is against her character, so... Eh. Kind of screwed that up. But in the end, I'd rather Bailey be champion than Charlotte. So ultimately, they would have a match at the next pay-per-view. I was surprised there. Uh, moving on to Elimination Chamber. Uh, a nice note is that there were three relevant women's matches on the show, and they all had reasons to happen. That was nice. I, this might be the first time that's ever happened. Uh, Dolt, I, I was looking, Dolph had a match against Apollo Crews and Kalisto in a handicap match? That seemed, I have no idea why that happened. Apparently Dolph had just turned heel, and he still lost. Um... Alexa Bliss defended the SmackDown Women's Championship against Naomi. Uh, Naomi won the title. Uh, at the time, I was an Alexa Bliss fan, which is weird. This was this is this is a very weird year. This is the year I stopped being an Alexa Bliss fan. I it's more weird that I ever was one at this point. But in the beginning of this year, I liked Alexa Bliss, and by the end of it, I hated her. So. And at that time, I pretty much really didn't like Naomi. And I won't say I liked Naomi by the end of the year. I like Naomi now. I was wrong. That was a mistake. Uh, so now these, like at the, so like at the time, I was mad that Alexa lost. But I realized now that it was a mistake. So yeah, I'm sorry. And now I'm really just mad that Alexa moved out of the way of uh, Naomi's uh, uh, split-legged moonsault. And not because Alexa was supposed to move out of the way in that she was supposed to counter and and end up doing a different move. Alexa moved out of the way such that she did not take the full impact that she was supposed to. And because she didn't take that impact, Naomi landed on her knees and Naomi was then injured because of it. Uh, if Nio if Alexa had just stayed in the, posi the position that she was supposed to, Naomi would have never been injured. This is one of few instances when someone's injury is actually someone's fault. There's not many instances of those in wrestling where I there's someone actually at fault, but this is actually one of those. Because... Alexa should have just taken the bump that she was supposed to, or the impact of this move, if you don't want to consider that to be a bump. So, yeah, thanks, because, you know, I mean, Naomi had to vacate the title because of this. And Alexa won it right back, but we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. Uh, Randy Orton versus Luke Harper was a nice match. Uh, Really, the only thing I have to say about this is, why the fuck did Luke Harper not get put into the Mania title match with uh, Orton and Bray? But I, 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 that'll never make any sense to me, how he got left out of that. He absolutely deserved to be in there. And he should have been, because that match turned out to not be so good. We'll get to it. Uh, the Elimination Chamber match itself, for... Uh, was actually was really good. This is one one of, uh, especially recently one of my uh, fa more favorite chambers 
that happened recently. It's th this was the first one with the new chamber. I don't know what like people don't like this new chamber. Some people don't. I don't really know why. They think it's a playpen or something. Or so. I think I've seen people call it. I, I don't get it. I think it's awesome. Uh, uh, Bray finally won the title, which was cool, but it was kind of random and. I mean, his his feud with Randy really didn't need to be for the title. It really didn't need it. Uh, I mean, I think we all figured Bray versus Randy was going to happen at WrestleMania, but I don't think any of us thought it needed to be for the title. And yet it was. So, yeah. Oh, I guess Fastlane was in March, so I guess that's the end of February, too. Moving a little through this faster than I thought I would. It might not actually be the longest podcast I've ever done, but it's still probably be lengthy. Okay. Now we start with March. And we're going to start with Fastlane. Uh, the first thing I have in my notes is that we had some incredibly random unannounced matches for seemingly no reason. There were like two of them in a row. Virginia and Rusev a tag team at this time? Because I think they happened back to back, and feel like they had a reason for that, to, for the uh, these two matches to happen like this. But I don't really remember. I think Rusev and Ginger were a tag team for a, uh, a hot minute. But uh, yeah, we have like Ginger versus Cesaro and Rusev versus Big Show. And I also had in my review or something in this something about like Trump fans being in the front row chanting USA or something like someone had a sign that said CNN equals fake news or some shit because they're psycho and stupid or something. I'm just like, uh, like you're chanting USA at Rusev. Rusev is supposed to be Russian. Trump fans love Russia. That's why you came president. I mean, like imagine being booed for being associated with Vladimir Putin by people who elected someone associated with Vladimir Putin. Kind of weird. Uh, uh, Roman beat Braun clean for... Well, we know why he beat him. It's just like, you had to beat him clean. They were building this guy up. Uh, I mean, because Roman's going to face Undertaker, obviously. So we know why he beat him. It's just like, you had to beat him clean? Okay. Uh, Bailey versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. You know that. Remember Charlotte's pay per view streak? That was a thing, right? Like, she couldn't lose on pay per view? This is the pay per view before WrestleMania, and Bailey retains clean against Charlotte. And her pay-per-view streak dies. The pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Like, I don't care about her pay-per-view streak, but that's something you think you'd do at WrestleMania. You were a pay-per-view away. I don't understand. So, like, all those times that Sasha couldn't beat Charlotte because of her precious pay-per-view streak. You're telling me you got this close to WrestleMania and you did it on a pointless... Fastlane. Yeah. Sasha could have won 
any on any of those shows too. Then there is no explicable reason why uh, Sasha lost three times to Charlotte on a on a fucking pay per view because of her pay per view streak. If Bailey can do it and it not be at WrestleMania, no reason whatsoever. Anyways, uh, no Sasha heel turn and no Sasha versus Bailey at WrestleMania, so that didn't help anything. What the fuck? Kevin Owens versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Kevin Owens, Universal Champion since, like, end of August or beginning of September of the year before. Triple H helped him. Month before WrestleMania, could go into WrestleMania as champion. Drop the title to whomever. Sami Zayn. Something like that. Hell, even Chris Jericho, he could have done that. Nope. Lost the title to Goldberg in like three minutes. Like he walked around the ring a while and then Chris Jericho showed up after having been beating the shit out of the Festival of Friendship. And then Owens just gets killed by Goldberg. Nice thank you to Owens for a carrying that brand's title for as long as he did and AJ on same on over on Raw or SmackDown excuse me both of them carry their brand's titles for months and carry their brands and but it, instead of being champion going into WrestleMania the two of them end up in the opening matches of WrestleMania, and AJ got stuck with Shane freaking McMahon. <sighs> well, that's the end of Fastlane, but uh, just to clean some up stuff up from March before we get to April in WrestleMania. Uh, Randy burns down Bray's ha- uh, compound. That segment was pretty good, but Bray didn't seem to care the next week. I think he would have cared about his own building or his house getting burned down, but God knows how many buildings he has, actually, and that's one. Like, that got burned down, but then he had another, he had some match with uh, Matt Hardy, and whatever that was called, I don't even remember. And... Now he just had the uh, the swamp fight with Braun, and there's another building there. So I don't know. Maybe his maybe his uh, compound just keeps coming back to life too. I don't know. Uh, and also, again, like I mentioned, Naomi was forced to vacate the Raw or the SmackDown Women's Championship because of the knee injury she sustained from Bliss moving. And Bliss regained the title. She had a match with Becky, I believe. Uh, on, an ep- on the same episode of SmackDown that Naomi uh, vacated the title. Ultimately, they would have a six-person match at WrestleMania. Now, uh, that's the end of March. The first thing I'm going to do before I get into an actual review of WrestleMania 33, and starting with April, I'm going to put back... I'm going to put in the audio from... A previous episode that is 
my predictions post for WrestleMania 33, which if I'm doing a whole 2017 thing, that has to be in here. So that's what the next part will be. All right, uh, once again, uh, recording uh, the predictions post for WrestleMania 33. Uh, the same thing will be next week for 34. I do not know about 35 because that wasn't super ranty, if I remember correctly, but uh, let's do 33. Uh, it's finally here. No, I don't mean WrestleMania is here. I mean my predictions for WrestleMania, where I tear most of it to shreds like I have the last couple of years, is finally here. But they deserve it. That being said, this show... Well, while there are definitely problems abound, is is far superior to either of the last two manias, and that's thanks mostly in part to SmackDown because it's an actually good show. That being said, most of this car this card is Raw matches, which makes it far worse. Uh, before we get to the matches themselves, let's get a few things out of the way though. Uh, for one, this bullshit pitbull slash flowrider performance, what in the actual fuck? I don't mind musical performances, but they have to be good. I don't know why WWE has such a boner for flowrider, Machine Gun Kelly, and Florida Georgia Line, but, but they need to realize awful trash when they hear it. Rock music or get the fuck out. The only time it's okay for musical performances is when it's a wrestler's theme being performed. No random concerts, although admittedly I do enjoy the saliva performance at WrestleMania 18. Uh... The absolute best musical performance at Mania was Bray Wyatt's theme at, at Mania 30, uh, Living Color performing Cults of Personality for CM Punk at Mania 29, and Motorhead performing Triple H's theme at Mania 17 and 21. And secondly, The New Day is one of the most popular acts on your show, and they don't have a match. I shouldn't have to explain why that's dumb. I want to say them hosting is a big deal, but it'll probably just be a bunch of dumb comedy segments. I need WWE to find some direction for the New Day so I can be invested in them again. But Raw is a dumpster fire, so I don't have any hope for that. Thirdly, the matches that are on the pre-show... I mean, I don't mind the Cruiserweight title, and I don't mind the Battle Royal being on it, and I, and I don't mind the SmackDown Women's title being there too much. Let's face it, it wasn't super well built. But... The Raw Tag title match was has absolutely no build, and I have no interest in it whatsoever. So really, the that should be on the pre-show instead. Or honestly, put the mixed tag team match on the pre-show because it's irrelevant. But but that's enough of that. Let's get to the actual matches. Andre the Giant, Memorial Battle Royal. Well, at least this year we know who is in this match. Last year we didn't have a fucking clue. Credit where it's due. They have done well with Baron Corbin after he won it last year. It took them a little while, while to get off the ground, but uh, once he got drafted to SmackDown, things started to go well, because SmackDown. And now he's one of my favorite guys on the show. There was, there was a time I hated him, but then I realized it was because he was feuding with Rhino, and that's why it wasn't good. Anyways, good job, Big Show. You got into the best shape you've been in in a long time for your match with Shaq, and it didn't happen. Imagine be, going your entire... Re entire career at the weight he was but then decided he needs to get to, uh he needs to get into great shape to face an out of shape old retired basketball player instead of anyone else in the actual business that he's in but uh but it's good that that match isn't happening because the biggest rant I was going to have on these predictions would have been about that match as far as the other competitors go uh Mojo Raleigh can go suck a fuck and anyone who likes him can too 
Dolph Ziggler's career died when Mojo beat him. There's no coming back from that. Why the hell is Sami Zayn in this? You could have Sami Zayn against either Samoa Joe or Braun Strowman, but at least two of them are in this match. Strowman, you were doing so well with him, and then he lost to Roman and got chokeslammed by Undertaker. And now it feels like he might win this as a consolation prize. And even though I... I have uh, someone else I want to win just a bit more. Strowman is really the only logical pick to win here. Why are, Amer why are American Alpha and the Usos in this and not having a match? Why did you go? Uh, why did you not go with what I was saying and have Alpha face the revival? And why why is Luke Harper in this and not in the WWE title match? Fuck my life. I want Harper to win most, but Strowman really has to. I don't even know if Joe's even in this. Prediction, Braun Strowman. Mojo Rawley won, I think. I don't even remember. I'm pretty sure Mojo Rawley won this. Nobody cared. Nobody will ever care. Go paint some weird thing on your face. Uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship, Neville defending against Austin Aries. Uh, I really wish I cared about the Cruiserweights, but that'll happen only if they start competing with anybody. That being said, heel Neville is great, but... Aries is better as a heel, but the match should be pretty good, and I like Neville to retain, but I don't think that will happen. Prediction, Austin Aries, I'm pretty sure Neville retained. Nobody give a fuck, and that's about it. Six-pack challenge for the WWE Blue Women's Championship, because I like to call it Blue Women's Championship back then, apparently. Uh, Alexa Bliss defending against Becky Lynch, Mickey James, Carmella, Naomi, and Natalia. Fun fact, both women's matches on the show are the same women's matches from either brand's September pay-per-view with one more or one different person. SmackDown says Mickey James replacing Nikki Bella, and Raw has Nia Jax added to it. I don't know if there are going to be more people added to this or not, because they said every available person. But since it's on the pre-show, I'm gonna—I'm guessing we're not getting any surprises. The only uh, rightful winners here are... Excuse me, uh, Alexa Bliss. It's, Sorry, coronavirus. Uh, anyways, uh, to continue her, her run into feud with Naomi or Becky Lynch so that the rifle champ can have her belt, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Mickey winning it either, or Carmella would be amusing with Ellsworth, I guess. Natalia can fuck right off and whatever. Uh, so, anyways... Sorry, Naomi, you're in your hometown, so you're going to lose. Well, that that happened. Uh, <laughs> I hope you for... Uh, moving on. The only... Uh, whatever. Uh, prediction, Alexa Bliss. Naomi won. It was a match that happened. Does anyone remember it? Not really, outside of the fact that Naomi won. Uh, edit. This may or may not have been moved to the main show, which it did. Uh... Triple Threat Ladder Match for the WWE World Tag Team Championship. The club defending against Soft and Sheamus and Cesaro. Do you care? Because I don't. Let's not forget that despite the fact that the club have the belts, WWE has done nothing with them since taking them away from AJ. I got into the three of them together, but because of awful booking afterwards, I stopped caring. Soft... I love them in NXT, and when they first came up to Raw, I was excited, but sometime around SummerSlam, I stopped caring. They just come out and do their intro, and that's about it. They win too much when they're supposed to be an underdog team. And if you want to ruin a character for me, put them in a bullshit love triangle with Rusev and Lana. Because Enzo being a misogynist is totally going to get me to cheer him. I forgot that even happened. Uh, but 
we should all forget Enzo even exists, to be honest. Ah, fuck! Uh, they did this with Dolph, and then they did this with Enzo, and it made me not care about either of them. Neither have come back from that. And I'm not even a big fan of Rusev. I acknowledge he's, he's, he's talented, but the anti-American gimmick is something we've seen countless times, and it's grown tired. Although, now that this country is literally garbage, the anti-American character is now the babyface, and the super-patriotic douchebag fucktard is the ev is the heel because trying to defend what's happened to this country since 2016 makes you, t makes you the heel by default. Although, the resistance is winning, and we will always win, and we aren't tired of it yet. Uh, we can use, use some more winning. Uh, and Seamus and Cesaro, I will... Uh, burning 2020. Uh, Anyways, and Sheamus and Cesaro I will never get behind as a team. Seriously, a best-of-seven series that consisted of nine matches that Cesaro legitimately won by somehow they ended up tied at 5-3-1, to three to one, so they made them a tag team which no one wanted, and making this a ladder match, ladder match barely helps. So I suppose soft wins, because why not? Hardy boys. Anyways, uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. You know what? Until tonight, the Friday before, uh, until t or the SmackDown before, whatever. I don't even remember if it was Friday at that time. It was Tuesday, wasn't it? Until tonight, I wasn't go uh, really going to rant about this match that much. But after tonight, I have to. I was just going to say that when I first heard of this match, that it's kind of a waste of Cena, especially since he just won the title off of AJ, because why exactly? But uh, I guess if Nikki is leaving and wants to do one match with her boyfriend, well, fuck it. Kills two birds with one stone. It makes Cena not, not be able to defeat someone who really matters, and it takes Nikki away from the women's belt, so that's always a plus. I was going to laugh hysterically through, uh, through Cena proposing after it was over, because that's a joke. I was going to laugh because they chose to do this instead of Cena versus Taker, but again, it's not a big deal. And admittedly, the, these Total Bellas bullshit episodes have been gold. Maurice is a better Nikki Bella than Nikki Bella, and she's totally got the way she talks down. Uh, but then John had to open his mouth tonight, and everything he said was absolute trash. Let's see. He tried to flip the whole not married thing on Miz and Maurice by saying something like no kids, even though they don't want them at the moment, and people marry for reasons that are other than kids. The whole not married thing is a joke because Nikki is desperate to marry John and he wants to he wants nothing to do with it. Seriously, John, get with it. This is your life, be present in it. And then he goes off about Nikki not costing Maurice a contract with WWE because she's in the company, but it's well known that the Bellas have in fact done that. Just look it up. She and Brie wanted more money to do Total Divas, so they went to, uh, to Maurice, Kelly Kelly, and Maria Kanellis and convinced them that they should all hold out on signing to do the show so they'd get more money to do it. Then WWE told the Bellas that they'd give them more money to do the show, but it would only be the two of them. So the Bellas accepted that money to do it and didn't care that the others got the short end of the stick. So that's what happened. They cost three people jobs. I remember Maria even called them out about this back uh, back when this actually happened. Uh, I think she was doing some some internet show uh, then, and the Bellas were so afraid of her that their father called Maria or called Maria's father to try to get Maria to, from, to stop telling the truth. They can't even fight their own battles for themselves. That's why they, they surround themselves with so much power. 
When one of those crazed Bella fans tried to attack you for saying something about them, always remember that they kept people from getting contracts, held actually talented women back, and can't, can't do anything for themselves. And that's true here, because this entire promo was Cena complaining to Maurice about things Nikki herself should have been saying, but since she's an awful promo, that didn't, that didn't happen. Cena tried giving Nikki credit for the women's revolution, even though he's a man speaking for a woman, so that failed, and that she legitimately held other women back during her title reign. Not all of that is her fault entirely, but she certainly didn't do anything to prevent it either. And that the goal of the women's revolution was to eradicate people like the Bellas, that are still in this company. Never forget that Cena tried to be a feminist for a second, and then he immediately slapped his girlfriend, or spanked his girlfriend on live TV. He also made fun of Murray's having Botox, even though Nikki has uh, had surgeries herself, uh, and he's been on steroids before. Quite frankly, all he did was prove everything Miz and Murray said right. Miz and Murray should really win this match if there was any just force in the world, because they don't have to take this bullshit. All they did was tell the truth, and once that happened, Cena and Nikki had to come out and bully them. And trust me, Cena acts like the only way someone is a man is if they can beat him up, as if violence proves him uh, proves how big and strong you are. That mindset is of a weak, pathetic fool. And when Cena and Nikki win, and then he proposes for real, uh, we're all just going to laugh and know that it's only in kayfabe. And if that this is actually ridiculous, uh, Nikki's last match, then goodbye and good riddance. You are never welcome here, and no one will miss you when you're gone. And if WWE puts the Bellas in the Hall of Fame for some reason, which they will, and they are, uh, we'll know that the whole women's revolution is a lie. Although it still somewhat is. Uh, and for fuck's sake, why is Al Roker the guest commentator or ring announcer? Fuck! Prediction, John Cena and Nikki Bella. Again, those were my thoughts several years ago. Uh, WWE Intercontinental Championship, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin. This might just be the one match that I have absolutely no problem with at all. I love both guys and have loved this feud, although it should be a gimmick match. Looking forward to it. Prediction, Baron Corbin. Uh, it, it was a match. It was fine. Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match for the WWE Women's Championship. Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Nia Jax. God, they screwed up so much over the past year. A year ago, the women's title match was the match I was most looking forward to on the show, bar none. And while I can't say I'm not looking forward to this because I love Sasha and I love Bailey, they've just screwed up so much. I don't even know where to begin. It's just the four of them on Raw, which makes them uh, keep doing the same thing over and over. They take the best or second best woman on the roster in Emma and make her a running joke and not use her after her injury when the division is desperate for new blood. Imagine this match with Emma instead of Nia. So much better. Uh, so Bailey was great in NXT and obviously the talent is still there, but they killed the character. She's an underdog. Why'd she win the title on a random Raw and not at Mania? Why is Sasha still a face? Please just let her turn heel. She's the best heel in the company or at least in the top three. Why is Charlotte still given a microphone? Have you not learned? Why do you treat her as a face? And even though her pay-per-view streak was bullshit, why was it broken on a random pay-per-view in February and not at Mania? And, like, why is Nia? I don't even have anything else. Just why is she? And why is this an elimination match? 
Is it a way to get Nia's ass out quickly to uh, make it a good match afterwards? Am I supposed to believe that Charlotte will be pinned two shows in a row? Can Sasha please turn heel and claim her rightful title? Please? Please? For the love of your unconstitutional god, please? Prediction Bailey. United States Championship, Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. Another match that I've got pretty much no problems with. Uh, the only problem I have is that Owens and uh, Styles both held their brand's titles for a long time until the past month and a half, and now, now they're both without their championships. This is WrestleMania. This is where the, those long title reigns should be ended. Someone should be facing Owens uh, and Styles for their titles now and be taking it from one or both of them uh, you could do stories that are so much better. But that being said, this feud has been great. The, the Festival of Friendship was one of the best things on the run a long, long time. But my one issue is that uh, uh, I could see Jericho winning this, and I shouldn't. Uh, just something about the storyline makes me feel that way. Prediction Kevin Owens. Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> WWE seriously thinks that Roman beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania is quite possibly in quite possibly his final match is going to get him cheers? <laughs> no. But Taker looks bad now. He really needs to retire. It's got to be short. And Roman kind of has to win. And as much as him turning heel to do so would be great, it's not going to happen. I don't really want... I don't really have a rant for this, but it's, it's dumb as fuck. Although it's... It's if this seriously goes on last, WWE is even stupider than we thought. Prediction: Roman Reigns, and they were. Uh, well, that moment afterwards is pretty awesome, but the match was pretty bad. Undertaker's old. Uh, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. I don't have anything against this match itself. I think the idea of this match could be entertaining. However, this is WrestleMania, and the best you could do for AJ Styles, the best performer in your company. At the at, the, at this moment, is Shane fucking McMahon? Fuck off. The only good uh, part of Shane's cell match was the stupid jump off the cell we all knew was going to happen, so it wasn't even shocking, and now they've replayed it so many times that it's meaningless. And that and the, that whole storyline was dumb as hell, too. This feud at least makes sense, even though it shouldn't be happening. Uh, the whole Orton didn't want the title shot rigmarole was uh, some convoluted bullshit bullshit to set up this this match and not a way to get Harper into the title match like it should have been. And this is just a regular match. So unless that changes, Shane has no chance. Shane's not going to be able to jump off of something uh, high up unless there's a ref bump that kills the ref. Uh, that being said, it should be a good enough match. I just wish they learned to allocate the resources properly. Also, AJ had better fucking win. Prediction, AJ. Which he did. Not a, it was it was solid. Uh, unsanctioned match: Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Another match I'm looking forward to. I'm just hoping that Seth won't re-injure himself. But thankfully, it's not missing too many. He's not missing too many in a row. I expect to see Samoa Joe during this. We didn't see him at all. Uh, my one hope is that he uses the curb stomp, but I know he won't. I also hope Triple H isn't going to be like, "Well, I'm not going to lose to someone with a hurt leg." Projection: Seth Rollins. It was fine. Universal Championship, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Just shoot me. 
They really think that after the god-awful Mania 20 match and the fact that Goldberg beat Brock in less than 90 seconds at Survivor Series to destroy all the heat Brock had when he ended the streak just to give an old part-timer some credibility when that could have been used to build an actual star on the roster is a good idea for a Mania main event, you've got another thing coming. I said that... After the bullshit that happened at SummerSlam with Brock and Orton, that I will not accept bullshit UFC finishes on pay-per-views. That includes less than two-minute-long main events. But now we had that at Survivor Series and at Fastlane and quite possibly at WrestleMania. And Brock's going to win because Goldberg is done. We know this, so why should we care? And Brock's just going to lose it in a year to Roman, so again, why should we care? Prediction Brock. WWE World Heavyweight Championship Brave versus Randy Orton. Well, I was looking, I am looking forward to this match. I'm really disappointed Luke Harper isn't in it. He deserves to be here. And while I'm happy Wyatt won the title, unless he keeps the title, it doesn't, it wasn't the right decision to take the belt off of AJ. I'm really hoping for a Wyatt victory here, but I'm not liking the odds. Prediction Randy Orton. Projected bugs on the ring. What the fuck? Three times. What the actual fuck? Yeah, so those are the predictions for WrestleMania 33. Uh, That's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good one. Alright, April. Uh, You've already heard the WrestleMania 33 predictions now. Or if you you just scrolled to this, then maybe you haven't. Anyways, uh... Again, those were the predictions. I, I think I in that I mentioned the winners for most of it, but uh, we're just going to talk about it now again because that was... Th- I recorded that in March for a different episode. It just had to be here. Uh, Mojo Raleigh won the armbar, or the Andre and the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I should say, because some people call it the armbar, because of Gronk. And, yeah, Ginger Mahal was the last person he eliminated, I think. Uh, New Day hosted. I still feel like he could have had something better to do with the New Day. It's one of the best acts he had in the company, and still is to this day. Uh, And all you had to do, had them do, was host. Uh, Sasha versus Bailey versus Charlotte versus Nia for the Raw Women's Championship in Elimination Fatal 4-Way. Nia was removed pretty quickly. Because they all teamed up and basically shield power bombed her, I think. Uh, Sasha was eliminated next because of an OP second turnbuckle pad. <sighs> Not that she lost, it's that she lost because of an OP second turnbuckle pad. I don't remember if it was an exposed turnbuckle or not, but again, like, for any person that's unaware, like, in the past few years, not so much in the past couple of years, but for a really long time, anytime a, any female wrestler randomly hits the middle turnbuckle pad, they lose immediately after it. I think it happens again at a battleground, I think. Could be wrong. I don't remember the finish of that match. I think that's not how Natalia won something. Anyways, uh, they always lose from the second turnbuckle, and I don't I don't understand why. You never see any man hit the second turnbuckle pad and then lose immediately because of it. Kind of weird. Uh, Bailey wins with an elbow drop. A diving elbow drop. 
that was interesting. Alright, Bailey. Bailey retains. That's nice. Hope nothing ruins her momentum. I hope. Uh, the Hardys return in the ladder match. Which is good, because that ladder match had nothing going for it. It was, what, the, the club and soft and the bar? I think it was just the three of them, and thank God the Hardys returned. That was a huge thing. Everyone was like so excited about the Hardys coming back. That was like one of the highlights of that entire WrestleMania. It was a big thing. Cena proposed to Nikki. That lasted. Uh, Samoa Joe didn't show up in South versus Triple H. I think Samoa Joe has was on the main roster for two years and didn't end up at WrestleMania until WrestleMania 35. I don't know if he was hurt for 34 or not. I don't. But he did. He could have at least interfered in this match. He would have thought that maybe he would. Orton versus Bray was something. And by something, I mean it was bad. I mean, because, I mean, it's Orton. He's kind of, he's Orton. That's how it is. And now he's going to get a title match against Drew McIntyre. LED screen bugs on the ring. Not once, not twice, but three times. What the fuck was that? We've never seen that again, thank God. In Orton 1, what the fuck? Like, again, this this match never needed to be for the title. And Randy never needed to win the title. There was no reason for this title reign. I mean... You saw who you see, you'll see who he loses it to. Bray could have been the champion moving forward. Brock finally beat Goldberg, guys. Finally, we just wasted a WWE title match at, at WrestleMania for it, but we got there. Or is Universal title? I'm sorry. We really did Brock versus Goldberg a third time because Goldberg came in at Survivor Series because he was on the cover of WWE 2K18 or 2K17. What year am I doing? Come on. Uh, and he beat Goldberg in 20 seconds. Or he beat Brock in 20 seconds. Brock, the guy who beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania... And beat John Cena for the WWE Championship. And then, I mean, he lost it in a triple threat match, technically. And Seth beat Roman, really. Uh, th this is, what, the first real loss that Brock had after all that? And it was the fucking Goldberg. And now you waste, you did, you, you wait, you punked out the entire WWE roster because none of them could beat Brock. And now the first guy who actually really beat Brock is Goldberg, another old guy, Oldberg. Come on. And now you just wasted 
even more of our time having them feud for six months, and Brock beat him and won the title back. God knows how long I'll have it. It's going to be over a year. Uh, Roman versus Undertaker. Main event? Not very good. Mostly because of Undertaker this time. And clearly this match, this match clearly gave Undertaker a complex. I mean, if you've watched the last ride, you know that it did. Uh, this was a perfectly good retirement moment. It, the, the, the moment at the end of this, at the end of the show is amazing. And he's ruined this entire moment by coming back and having as many matches, especially the Saudi Arabia matches, which have gotten progressively worse for the most part. I mean, thank God the Boneyard match was good. Uh, but yeah, that, that gave him such a complex that he had to not retire, even though this would have been the perfect retirement moment, even if the match wasn't great. So yeah, that's pretty much WrestleMania for you. Uh, we had the superstar shakeup happen, but a week later, uh, I know Shinsuke debuted on SmackDown. I don't really remember the specifics of people who were called up after this. The Revival were called up on Raw. Uh, they debuted against the New Day. Not, not in a match. They just, like, knocked over their popcorn machine that they'd brought out. Uh, but yeah, uh, Payback was also in April. So let's talk about Payback. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the U.S. Championship. Uh, Owens had won the U.S. Championship from Jericho at WrestleMania. Uh, Owens actually got tra uh, uh, moved over to SmackDown in the shakeup. And the Intercontinental Championship came over to Raw, I believe, after that. I don't remember who the Intercontinental Champion was at the time. I probably should. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so everyone knew Jericho was leaving two nights later, so everyone's just like, well, Owen's going to win. So, of course, Jericho won. So, so in, in doing so, Jericho was actually moved to the SmackDown brand because the title was staying on SmackDown. Uh, I remember this match specifically because uh, my supervisor, I told, after this match happened, I'm just like, Kevin Owens just going to win this belt back from him on Tuesday. And I told that to my supervisor at the time at work because I was watching this at work. And my supervisor's like, I'll bet you a, a Diet Coke or whatever on it. I'm just like, I'm like, because we bet on prediction. We would bet on predictions just like a drink for the big shows, like the big four, just like who has the most predictions would win. I'm just, I'm like, because 
he thinks he knows more about wrestling than I do, and he's just wrong. And I'm just like, he does not pay attention to the internet at all. I'm just like, you know, that would be the easiest bet I've ever won. And because I have integrity, I couldn't do it. I should have just done it because I knew it would happen. And it did. But I had too much integrity. I'm just like, I'm not going to, I'm not betting you something that I know because I knew Jericho was leaving. So I knew it was going to happen. And that's what happened. Anyways, that was, that was what it was. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Alexa Bliss won and started her title reign of doom. Uh, also, Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt House of Whores match fiasco. This was actually their first foray into cinematic matches, if you think about it. They do them now and they're good, but they didn't. This was actually their first uh, attempt, and it was awful. I don't even rem- I don't remember it too much, except for the fact that it was bad. Uh, I mean, it was just a house. As far as I know, like something about a fridge fell over. I don't remember. I don't remember this too much, except for that it was bad. But it ended up. It ended still in the ring. Like at at some point, Randy came back, and then they were fighting in the ring, and then Bray won because of Ginger Mahal. Because again, Randy's the champion at the time. This is not for the belt because Randy's on SmackDown. I think, and Bray got moved to Raw. That's why this is happening on a Raw show, and then. Jinder, who was on SmackDown, had become number one contender for the, the WWE title, showed up and attacked Randy, and that's why Bray ended up winning. Again, still in the ring when this most of this match happened in a random house in the middle of nowhere. Or somewhere. I don't even know. Yeah, that was a fiasco. Uh, Braun beat Roman in the main event. Uh... It's, this is after the whole I'm not finished with you thing started, and I think when he, like, rolled Roman off of that gurney off off of a ledge and the docking bay, and, like, he might have flipped over an ambulance. I don't remember. Um, but that is, that is all of April. So let's move on to May. All right, moving on to May. We're going to start with Backlash. Uh... First and foremost, I was at this pay-per-view. It was in Chicago. Uh, yeah, so there were... Uh, interesting to note, there were a, a number of Fire Bradshaw chants at the show. Because this is the first ma- big pay-per-view that happened after... Uh, uh, his bullying of Moro Ronaldo happened and Moro uh, stopped being commentator for SmackDown. Uh... So Shinsuke's first main roster opponent. It's it's uh it's Dolph. It's a great it's that's a great starting point for anybody. That's totally amazing. That'll get someone over. Totally. Uh Naomi's first pay per view is the champion and uh first thing she does is she's in a six woman tag team match teaming with Becky and Charlotte, who came over from Raw, who is a face now for some reason, against Natalia and Tamina and Carmella. 
And the heels won. For reasons, I guess. The welcoming committee. Remember that? No? Neither did I. Actually, who would? Yeah, yeah that, that was the thing, apparently. Kevin Owens defended the United States Championship against AJ Styles. Would expected this to be amazing. And then they had a series of matches. And I thought this one was good. But for the most part, uh, most people considered their series of matches to be really underwhelming. And not just in story. Actually in wrestling, too. You wouldn't think that. But, uh, yeah. Owens wins by countout. Uh, AJ gets his foot stuck in... The announce table fell into where the monitors normally go. Also, uh, Jinder won the WWE title. Yep. That was a thing. So happy I saw that live. So happy about it. Just one of those what-the-fuck moments of how the fuck did Jinder Mahal just win the WWE Championship main event of a pay-per-view in Chicago. You know that's gonna that's gonna not go over so well with the fans, but it is what it is, I guess. Gender fucking Mahal. And before we move on to extreme rules, there's one thing we have to talk about. I've already mentioned it. <sighs> Bailey, this is your life. Yep. What an amazing year 2017 was. Anyways. Um, since I've already talked about Bailey, This Is Your Life, and a number of like, other things, and a, and a blog post of mine, and I can't really reiterated it. I can't say it any better than I said it in that, so I guess I'm just going to read the, the part of that post that's about Bailey, This Is Your Life. Because, what better way? And there's a number of uh, a number of Alexa Bliss related things I could mention that would be better off just reiterating that post. I don't know if I'm going to do that for the other parts, but for this part I'm going to. By now, if you haven't heard of Bailey, This Is Your Life, you have been living under a rock or are not a wrestling fan. It was one of those god-awful segments the likes of Bobby Lashley's sisters, The Old Day, Megan Miller, and so on. You know those kinds of awful kinds of segments WWE does on occasion that everyone knows is going to be awful before it even happens. I saw a tweet once that described these uh, four segments as the four segments of the apocalypse, and that's accurate. This segment is the first part of a one-two punch that, to go along with the whole Bailey not handing over the title thing, buried Bailey to the point where she can't be taken, she couldn't be taken seriously uh, for a long time after this happened. And you, if you haven't seen the segment. I suggest you go watch it. I can't, it's, I, I mean, I promise you'll live, but barely. 
The amount of cringe in this segment, all the while Alexa is bombing the whole time on the mic. It's what chance, boring chance, and this is awful chance. Bailey's teacher's last name is inexplicably Flapper, and her boyfriend and friend keep bringing up her father as if he's constantly around Bailey or something. I mean, WWE clearly doesn't even follow their own uh, their own canon because for someone who always accompanies Bailey everywhere she goes, apparently, her father is sure absent from all those documentaries and behind-the-scenes specials WWE uh, has done about NXT and the Women's Revolution, uh, especially the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn one. I think you probably find them on, that on Breaking Ground as well. It's literally just her mom that's there every time. Her father's nowhere to be seen, so I don't even understand where this came from. Uh, but all of that silly stuff aside, because that's criticisms, uh, it's just silly. Uh, meanwhile, in this segment, Alexa criticizes Bailey because Bailey's lifelong dream has been to be a WWE superstar. And. Apparently, because that meant Bailey couldn't go out with her friends because Bailey had to stay home and wa- and watch Ron SmackDown. Oh, boo! That's a crime. Alexa's out here criticizing Bailey for watching the television shows that the two of them are currently on. Why are you, Alexa, someone that's inside WWE, who works for WWE, making fun of someone because they watch WWE? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yes, how dare they want to watch the program that you're currently on? How dare they they want to work where you work? Come on, Alexa, you're making it look like someone who has a lifelong dream of working where both of you currently work is weird, and it's only okay for someone who stumbled into wrestling when it was never their passion before this and only got to go... Oh. Or, excuse me. Uh, when it was never their passion before this was the only way to go. Not someone who had this as a lifelong dream is what I was trying to say. Oh, wait. I get it. Alexa, that's your story. So obviously your experience is universal to others. I'm sorry, but uh, we'll stick with the people who've been passionate about this their entire life. Much more than someone who just decided that uh, this, because the people in the back will push them for reasons other than talent. But it is what it is. It's unfortunate that Bailey didn't just go to the ring and say, I don't have no idea who these people are and save face. Yeah, that's, that's the gist of the gist of uh, that segment from that post. I didn't read that as well as I read it other times, but too bad, I guess. Uh, That's May. Uh, I mean, extreme rules happen literally next Sunday, but that starts in June. So moving on. All right. To start off June, we have extreme rules. Apparently, this was the show that they wasted Sasha Banks in a random mixed tag team match where she teamed with Rich Swan against Gnome Dar and Alicia Fox. Uh, 
if I can recall from my review of this match, it my review of this match was literally Sasha Banks and Rich Swan beat Gnome Dar and Alicia Fox because they could and they did. That was my review of this match. That was such a worthwhile match. I'm so glad Sasha's being wasted in this crap. <sighs> Alexa Bliss versus Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship and a candlestick on a pole match. <sighs> what the absolute fuck? I haven't watched this match since this match happened. They put it on YouTube a few days ago. I don't know why. I think, well, more like a week ago. God knows why. Bailey tweeted them for about it, saying, This is my absolute favorite match. Absolute. Or something like that. I'm like, yep. Why would he do this? Why would he tweet that? This, Along with the Bailey, this is your life segment. This, this... That and this buried Bailey, and she had no credibility whatsoever for an entire year. It wasn't until she, the next year where she attacked Sasha with the chair that she had any kind of credibility whatsoever. None. This killed it. Dead in the water. And it's, it's not until this title reign that she's had. This title reign has thankfully fixed everything except this match she's gotten vindication now for everything that's ever happened to her in her career except for this match and you could have fixed that in extreme rules this year and had bailey beat the shit out of bliss with a kendo stick wouldn't have been a kendo stick in a pole match but you could have done that this year and had everything wrong that's ever happened to Bailey go away. Haven't gotten there yet. The, uh, but Bailey will get to the last laugh because in a few weeks, her percentage of time as champion will be more than Bliss's. The first time any person that's not a white blonde person will be above bliss in terms of number of percentage charlotte's above ronda's above but they count as white and blonde obviously so well ronda's brunette but it's ronda so she still counts in there as people with nepotism so yeah that's what this was like what an eight minute match at most probably less Bailey couldn't get extreme. The bit, the whole question was, can Bailey get extreme? And she couldn't. So, yeah. Uh, really, that's all the significant happenings of uh, of Extreme Rules. I think there was a five-person main event to determine Brock's next challenger. That's Mojo won. So let's just move on to Money in the Bank. Uh, this was the start of the Amazing New Day versus Usos series of matches. All of those were amazing. Uh, this, I think this one, there was a count out, though, so the finish of this one wasn't 
amazing. But other than that, it was really, really good. Uh, Naomi's first pay-per-view de- title defense happened after they got stuck with that p- pointless six-person match at Backlash. And it's against... Lana? The fuck? I mean, you really gave Naomi nothing to do. Nothing to work with. You gave her a six-person tag team match, and you gave her Lana. (sighs) Sheesh. And you wonder why people post things like hashtag Naomi deserves better. You want to know why? It's because Naomi deserves better. Fuck off. Lana. <sighs> we we did have the first women's money in the bank match. And uh, that was between Becky and Carmella and Charlotte and Tamina and Natalia. Uh, it was good. Uh, at, apparently I felt like it could, it should have been longer at the time, so apparently it should have been longer, although it did get a whole second match. Uh, uh, Ellsworth got the case for Carmella. I mean, it made sense. Uh, I mean, people were pissed because a dude picked, got the case for someone, although he's her valet, so it made perfect sense. Uh, so we redid this entire match a couple weeks later, and we got the same results. Uh, although Carmella took the case down, so I'm like, I don't really know why we did this match twice because of that, but, uh, you know, whatever. I guess we all just had to be mad about it on Twitter. Uh, the men's money in the bank was also really, really good. Uh, Baron Corbin won. Uh... AJ and Shinsuke had a stare down in this, so to lead to them deciding to make the be the main event of next year's WrestleMania, or not main event, but t- title match. Well, uh, yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, both ladder matches were really good. The women's match should have been longer. Uh, I mean, I probably would have wanted Becky to win more than anyone, but Carmella w- at the time was the correct choice among anyone else that was in that match. So, yeah. Uh, Then, uh, Jinder retained against Randy again. So that's, that's great. And they had basically the same match. They had basically the same finish. All Jinder's matches ended the same way. His his dudes got, the Sing Bros just got their ass whooped and then Jinder won. That's pretty much all it was every time. But yeah, that's that's June. So we'll move on to July. We're halfway done. Alright, moving on to July. And goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Yeah. Remember then they named a pay-per-view that? Why? Why the fuck? Would you name your pay-per-view that? And your logo that looked like two balls and a dick. In the middle of the name. That was the thing. Anyways. 
Um, the Big Cass versus Enzo feud had started. They'd broken up. Where Cass pretended... Uh, I don't even remember how that started. Someone got hurt, and Big Cass pretended he didn't do anything. It, they had video footage, and... Uh, whatever. So, yeah, he uh, squashed Enzo. Uh, Braun beat Roman in an ambulance match. Uh, but then Roman tried to murder Braun afterwards. So that happened. Uh, Sasha beat Alexa by countout. So Sasha did not win the championship. Uh, I actually, I'm not too mad about that. I would not. I don't know if I'd want to say that my favorite wrestler won the title at Great Balls of Fire. Don't know if I would would have wanted that. Uh, apparently there was a Seth versus Bray feud happening. Uh, Bray won, apparently. He doesn't win many pay-per-view matches. Uh, apparently I found Seth pretty boring as a face. He is pretty boring as a face. Uh, Brock beat Samoa Joe with one of five to retain the title. Uh, someone got kicked in the nuts in this match, which, I mean, if you're going to call some, uh, if you're going to call your pay-per-view great balls of fire, someone has to get kicked in the balls. I mean, it's kind of necessary, if you think about it. Uh, but yeah, that was great balls of fire, and now we move on to Battleground. Uh, so, not only did we have one bullshit anti-USA feud. But we had two. Now, uh, we had John Cena versus Rusev and Jinder versus Orton. Now, I'm... One second. I have to bring up the review for Battleground 2017 here. Because I, this is the only one I didn't prep and have in an in, in email to send for the review. Uh, anyways, got her. So, I'm just going to read the review of this flag match between Rusev and Cena. So, and the first of two absolute atrocities on this show, the flag match between Rusev and Cena. This isn't going to be a knock on either Rusev or Cena. They did the best they could. But this whole concept was dumb as fuck. Taking down the flag and then bringing it up the stairs at the top of the ramp is stupid. Okay, first off, Rusev's flag is farther from the finish line than Cena's is. That is unfair as fuck. Rusev shouldn't have to go an extra length of the ring to win than Cena does. That's some hypocritical American bullshit always having to have an upper hand. So that makes Rusev the babyface automatically. Also, if Cena's the face, he lets Rusev win, because what Rusev says about this country is true. And also, fa uh, faces don't fall to xenophobic bullshit. Anyways, the logic in this is quite stupid. Literally, the second Rusev took his flag down, he should be getting out of the ring and running like fuck to his flagpole. 
you uh, you don't take a second to wave the flag around. You don't get in the ring and let Cena hit you. You get the flag and run. Then when Cena has his flag down, you take his flag and you throw it ja- uh, javelin style into the crowd behind the announce tables. Make it impossible for him to get the flag and place it where he needs to before you can. Fuck, burn his flag so he doesn't have a flag to place at all. And get it and get massive heel hate at the same time from the xenophobic, the xenophobic assholes in the crowd. Come on. But it was just some paint-by-numbers bullshit, and you knew exactly how it would end when Rusev set those tables up. Yeah, that was that was that was cr- ridiculous. Uh, New Day beat the Usos. This was a um, this was a great match, as all their matches were. Uh, Natalia became the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, did Naomi even have a match on the show? I'm not sure that she did. Why the hell did she... Or did she just beat Lana again? That might have been a thing. No. She didn't defend on the show. Why the fuck did Naomi didn't have uh, an, a match on the show? I have a title defense. Again, not, you wonder why Naomi deserves better. Anyways... Uh, Kevin Owens beat AJ Styles to re, uh, in a disappointing match to regain the United States Championship because I think AJ had won it from him in the meantime, in in between these pay-per-views maybe. And it was a weird. They they had some a weird finish to this if I remember correctly. Like he rolled out of submission or something, and it was a fast count or something. I don't even know. It was, there was a weird finish to this one. I remember that. Um and. Jinder and Orton in a Punjabi prison match. We definitely needed that that match back. We totally needed that. We've already had two matches between them, and they were boring as hell. Now you have a fucking Punjabi prison match. God. Who the fuck thought this was a good idea? There were only two of these before this match, and we hadn't seen this thing since... 2007. I've I was at that show. We haven't even seen we hadn't seen this match since the time I saw it live. I don't I can't begin to describe the, the how weird it is that I've seen one of these fucking matches. Cuz there's only been 3 of them and somehow I've seen one live. And none of them have been good. None of them. And uh one of the Singh brothers fell from halfway up this thing. Because again, all it was all these matches have been has been Randy killing the Singh brothers and then Jinder wins. Well, Randy almost won this one, but then the Great Kali fucking showed up. For reasons. He had no reason to, he just showed up. Because he was the inventor of this match, but he had no actual stake in this feud or anything, and he never showed up. He didn't show up after this. It's not like he showed up on a SmackDown after this. He just showed up and walked to the ring because he could. Why? Why did this have to happen? Good Lord. And that was just the first person that Ginger feuded with. We've still got... His his title reign lasts through November. 
Next, we have, moving on to August, uh, we had Seth and Dean reunite the S.H.I.E.L.D. This was a really good segment. Uh, the build to this was really, really good. I remember that. Um, Bailey beat Sasha to become the number one contender for the Women's Championship on Raw. That was really weird, considering Sasha won by count out of Great Balls of Fire. So, you know, when you win by count out, you don't win the title, but you basically, basically, you get an automatic rematch. But for some reason, Sasha didn't get an automatic rematch. I couldn't tell you why. That doesn't make any fucking sense. So she had a fight for it, and she lost that. She lost, so Bailey became the number one contender. Now, because Bailey uh, became number one contender, the next week she became uh, she had to have a match with Nia Jax. Now, Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss were friends, and they had an alliance at this point, and they were ba- the two of them were basically an AJ Lee and Tamina ripoff. So much so that Alexa like sat on the middle rope like AJ did, and I mean Nia, Tamina. I mean, they're, they've been a tag team. Close enough. Uh, so, uh, because, again, obviously Bailey had to have a match with Nia. And because Nia is Nia, Bailey got nia So because we didn't have a logical story progression of Sasha winning, or Sasha just being the number one contender and facing... Alexa again at SummerSlam for the title because we did not have that logical storyline progression. Bailey suffered an injury. That is your fault, WWE. She should have sued. Unfortunately, she probably isn't able to considering they are considered independent contractors. But she should not have, that injury should have never happened because that match should have never taken place because Sasha should have been the number one contender to begin with. That defeats the purpose for that entire match. And then Sasha faced Nia Jax next week. And then Sasha became the number one contender anyway. So, thank you, guys. I mean, it wasn't a super significant injury, but it was a bad enough injury that Bailey wouldn't be able to compete at SummerSlam because of your stupidity. There's no excuse for that, really. Um, also, over on SmackDown... John Cena cost Baron Corbin his money in the bank briefcase. Baron cashed in against Jinder Mahal, and then uh, Cena distracted him, and Jinder just rolled him up in one. Out of the blue. This was like a month and a half after Money in the Bank, or not something like that. And So much. So much for that. You, you were doing so well. You were doing so well with Baron Corbin. And then that happened. Apparently, he said something mean on Twitter to a veteran. Can't do that. You can't be a heel on Twitter to a veteran. You can be a heel on Twitter to anyone else, but you can't be one to a veteran, apparently. I mean, he didn't say anything, like, t- terrible to him, as far as I could tell, related to him being a veteran. It's just that the fact that the guy was a veteran and Baron was being healed to him or something. I don't even remember what happened. But that's that cost him his money in the bank briefcase. Whatever. SummerSlam. Uh, the Hardys were on the pre-show 
after their big return at WrestleMania, they are on the pre-show of SummerSlam. I mean, I don't. They don't necessarily have to be in a tag title match on SummerSlam, but uh, you think that maybe they'd be doing more than being on the pre-show. They teamed with Jason Jordan against Miz and the Mistraj. The Mistraj. Remember that was a thing once. That was a thing. Uh, the Usos and the New Day were on the fucking pre-show. What the fuck are you on? They have some of the best matches in the entire year, and you put them on the fucking pre-show. And this might have been their best match too. If I, I'm not sure which one uh, was their best one, but this one might have been their best one. It really could have been. And you put them on the fucking pre-show. What fucking drugs are you smoking? I've seen a squash Corbin just flat out destroyed him. Natalia won the SmackDown Women's Championship, for fuck's sake. Who the fuck asked for this? I mean, like, I was, at the time, I wasn't a big Naomi fan or anything like this, but... Come on! And for what? What the fuck did Natalia win the SmackDown Women's Championship for? Especially when you, we go on further into the, this podcast and we talk about what she actually did with it. Which was nothing. There was absolutely no reason for Natalia to win this fucking belt. None whatsoever. Again, you wonder why people trend. Hashtag Naomi deserves better. You want to know why? It's because Naomi deserves fucking better. She wins the title. In that match, someone uh, someone moves, and she gets hurt because the person moved. So she has to draw, uh, let go of the belt. Thankfully, she was able to come back at WrestleMania and win the title back in her hometown. That's Outside of everything else, that's a very positive moment. But the rest of the entire fucking year, even if she was champion, was pretty much shit. Then she had a six-person tag team match at the next pay-per-view where, where they lost, and Charlotte was on her team. Don't know how that... She was on a team with Charlotte, and she lost. And then she had to fight Lana? And then she... Then she wasn't even on the next pay-per-view? And then she lost to fucking Natalya, of all people? And then she basically did nothing again. I mean, seriously, what the fuck? Think about, think about that for a second. Big Cast versus Big Show with Enzo suspended in the ring, suspended over the ring in a shark cage. I don't even. I, uh, Cast won this match. I don't remember this match whatsoever. I just remembered apparently that apparently Enzo stripped down to his underwear and oiled himself up and got out of the cage. Cause we really needed Enzo. We really needed Enzo to strip down to his underwear and oil himself up. I mean, I imagine that's probably what he's doing over on his OnlyFans, which exists now, apparently. Yeah, sorry. If you didn't know about that, I'm sorry that that you know about that now, kind of. But I know about that. I don't want to know about that. I wish I didn't know about that. Every, because I know about that, everyone who hears about this has to know about that, too. Uh, just so they can suffer with me in the fact... In, in the, 
knowing that Enzo Amore has an OnlyFans. God knows what he's doing on it. I don't want to know. But we can all suffer together. Uh, Randy Orton beat Rusev in 11 seconds. Yeah, that happened. I mean, Rusev beat him up in, before the match started, apparently, but then Randy just RKO'd him, and that was that. Guess I didn't have time for this match on the show. If you don't have time for a match on your show, don't book it. Uh, Sasha beat Alexa for the Raw Women's Championship. Yay! I'm, sh I'm so positive she's not going to lose it back eight days later. It's not going to happen, is it? That's not going to happen. That's definitely not going to happen. At the time, I didn't think that was going to happen. I should have known better. Uh, really, this match wasn't really that good. I don't, I don't even think I've watched this match more than two times. I think maybe I've watched this match twice, and then I might have watched the finish one another time. I, not positive. Uh, it was, it was the the heel dominates most of the time. Heel dominates the face most of the time, and then the face just comes back and wins. It's one of those. And I mean, it's Alexa Bliss. I can't. You're never going to make me be able to buy Alexa Bliss dominating someone for that long. It's the, I mean, it's Alexa Bliss. Uh, yeah, I. It's hard to get into a, a match when I, I can't, I can't suspend my disbelief that Alexa Bliss is out here destroying someone for however long just for the person to come back. Sasha would have been destroying her. And again, this is that that match that. That one person that I know told me that Alexa Bliss outworked Sasha in this match. And again, three years since that match now, pretty much. Three years since he told me that. Still laughing hysterically every time I think about that. Oh my god. Alexa Bliss outworking Sasha. That's hilarious. That's not even physically possible. I mean, again, apparently what people think outworking someone means just doing more moves, and that that's not what outworking someone means. But, you know, like, there's more to a wrestling match than doing moves. But, again, I guess just, like, keep pretending wrestling is real or something. I don't know. I guess it's still real to you. Alexa outworking Sasha, that's... <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyways. Demon Finn Balor against Bray Wyatt in their first match. They not they had a feud and the demon showed up in the first match. Why? I don't know. Like normally that's saved for like the last match of their feud, or at least their second one. But it was SummerSlam, so the demon showed up because SummerSlam, and... <sighs> Whatever. Uh, it was what it was. Uh, the Shield had a really good... And the Bar had a really good match for the tag titles. Uh, Shield won the tag titles. 
yeah, I remember that was really, really good. Also, beach balls. Remember beach balls? Remember when there was a crowd? I I know I know it's been a long time and I know it, it's hard to think of it, but wrestling, there used to be crowds. People used to go to shows. Yeah, it's hard to think about. It's it feels like years. I mean, it's only been four months, but it feels like years. Yeah. I don't miss beach balls. I don't miss fans that are stupid. Throw beach balls around. Don't miss that. Although Cesaro did go out and grab a be- grab the beach ball and kill it. So that was cool. Uh, gender pin Shinsuke clean. That was the thing. Everyone's all excited about that. Now, if I'm not going to pretend like I've, I've that I'm one of the people who, like the biggest Shinsuke Nakamura fan in the world. I'm a fan of his, but that's it. Like, uh, he had a lot of hype coming in, and if I'd actually like watched New Japan while he was in it, I probably would have been the one of the people one of the people hyping him up. I didn't watch New Japan at the time. I didn't start watching New Japan until after he was gone. So I'm say so for me saying this, I'm saying this for other people. So, basically saying, what the fuck, Shinsuke is losing to Jinder fucking Mahal. It's not the same thing for me, because I didn't, I never really had that, but meanwhile, it's 2020, and we'd probably all think, consider Shinsuke's first match against Sami Zayn in NXT is probably still his best one in WWE. I'd be really surprised if anyone thought any differently, to be honest. Uh, AJ beat Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon as the referee. That happened, and he won the US title. They had one more match the following Tuesday, and that was the last match they had, finally. I think they had, like, five matches. And then Brock beat Roman, Braun, and Joe in a fatal four-way match to retain the Universal Championship. That is SummerSlam, and that is also the end of August. All right, uh, moving on to September. Uh, how unsurprising, eight days after SummerSlam, Alexa Bliss regains the Raw Women's Championship from Sasha Banks on Sasha's first title defense. That, that, how unsurprising, they fucked that up again. Uh, and then, for some re- for some reason, Nia turned on Alexa right after this because of reasons. That totally led to something. They totally weren't friends again within a month. That, yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of figured that Bailey wa- obviously was the original plan to face Alexa at SummerSlam, so... I don't know if they are planning on putting the title on Bailey or anything like that. I'm not like I have no I have no way of knowing that, but I feel like because the original plan was to have Alexa face Bailey, 
there obviously wasn't an original plan of Sasha being champion after SummerSlam. I feel like they just had to have Sasha win uh, just maybe because of the story or something. And, uh, and then they just had to put the belt right back onto Alexa. I mean, they didn't have to. They could have actually given us a good wrestling story. They could have given us good wrestling matches. They could have had the champion be someone who was also actually like worthy of being the champion. But they didn't want to do that at the time. So it is what it is. Uh, also... The Jason Jordan and his Kurt Angle son storyline started somewhere around here. It might have started before SummerSlam. I'm not positive when that happened. I'm not even positive, don't even remember exactly how this storyline started. I just remember this was around uh, the time that it started. Uh, I know it was happening. It was really weird. It was really awkward. Uh, I mean... Mainly because we were having some kind of fake nepotism storyline where everyone's like, oh, he's giving Jason Jordan opportunities because he's his son. And it's like, meanwhile, we have Charlotte over here who, and some other people who are actually related to people within the business getting title shots and opportunities because of who they're related to. But, you know, let's talk about Jason Jordan getting opportunities because he's totally Kurt Angle's son. Totally. Uh you know, whatever. Uh, anyways, let's move on to No Mercy. We have Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt again, this time without the demon for the lols. Uh, we have a Raw Women's Championship Fatal Five-Way between Alexa Bliss, uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, Bailey was back from her injury, and Emma! Emma exists! I forgot to tell you guys that back in April that Emma came back. I didn't tell you because she didn't do anything. She was literally there in April, but she didn't do a damn thing. I couldn't tell you a thing that she did, except for return. She had promos with had the song uh, The River from Blue Serakino, which that song would later be in a Lucha Underground episode. Uh... And she exists. I think she stood on the announce table once. That, I think, happened. Uh, yeah, but she didn't do a damn thing. Anyways, I'm reading my predictions for this from my predictions post back then. Well, WWE has gone and fucked up again. Even when you finally think they figured out their shit, they went back to it. Apparently, it wasn't just, just a show at Pay-Per-View Streak thing. It's a WWE is even dumber than we all thought thing. If Sasha is going to win the title and lose it back eight days later, don't have her win it at all! Do you not comprehend basic logic? All you did was give actual wrestling fans hope that you were going to give the title to the best person in the entire division, but instead you have her lose it back and immediately have Nia Jax attack Alexa, so now Sasha has gets to play third fiddle to two much lesser talents. And then you throw Emma into it for reasons. And don't get me wrong, finally! But kayfabe-wise, what has Emma done to deserve this title, this title shot? Come back, lose, change her theme twice to worse themes, win once, and now she, and now we're here. Going to have to, uh, going to have to do better than that for me. 
even though Emma is easily the second best performer in this match behind Sasha, and and let's be truthful, she did start the women's revolution, and Bailey, well, I, I love you, Bailey, but coming back and just inserting yourself into a title match? No thanks. Uh, sigh. Uh, you know you've pushed someone too hard too fast when I'm annoyed by an actually good talent. Uh, but calm the fuck down with Alexa Bliss already. I mean, I like her. She's good. There's absolutely no denying that, but she's only just good. And here's no deny, and there's no denying that either. She's been on the main roster for somewhere around 450 days or so, and has been champion for 220 of them. This is Charlotte levels of bullshit. And she's better than Charlotte, but still, she's not good enough to be champion for as long as she has been. Fuck, when Nia attacked her, I thought that meant a face turn, and that would basically be the end of Alexa, because for those of us who've seen her as a face, lord is she bad. But she's come to the main roster based off of huge reactions due to her facial expressions, moderate in-ring ability, and basically trying to be an AJ Lee ripoff, which, I mean, I'll always get behind, but she's not quite there. Oh, and don't forget the asshole dude bro fans who like her because her butt makes their penis happy. Actual, actual text someone I sat next to in an NXT show got about Alexa, by the way. Uh, but... This overpush has actually made people believe Alexa is that good. They actually think Alexa is the best. Kayfabe is real for a lot of people, sadly. Can't actually look at things objectively. I guess we'll call, call it the Charlotte effect, because the worst thing the overpush of Charlotte did was actually make a lot of people have the delusion that Charlotte is some kind of god when she's literally the second worst female performer in the company that's actively competing. And now it's happening with Alexa, someone who's good, but objectively she's in the middle to upper mid-level female talent uh, that they have. Objectively, she's a B. But now we have delusional fanboys who think she's some kind of god when literally everyone that's not Nia Jax in this match is miles better than her. It and it's not even remotely close. For example, people think Alexa somehow outperformed Sasha in the SummerSlam match, even though that match was set up for the heel to dominate and the face to come back. It literally had nothing to do with her. But I guess it's still real to them somehow. Sasha is literally everyone in the division's best match, and that's not a coincidence. Emma is everything Alexa is and so much more. Bailey is far better at, at what she does than Alexa, and Nia, well, Nia's pure trash. Uh, I fucking dare you to make the right decision, WWE, and I dare you to actually run with it. Until you do that, your revolution is nothing more than a joke, because you can't put the title on the one that deserves it more than anyone on the roster and keep it on her at, at the same time. <sighs> yeah, Alexa won. Uh, Cena versus Roman. This match that happened. That was a match that happened. It didn't ha and it didn't happen on a WrestleMania. You would have thought. Um, Roman kicks out of four attitude adjustments. One of them was the super attitude adjustment, and two of them were back to back. Yeah. Enzo won the cruiserweight title, and he immediately become. Uh, and immediately everyone hates him. Like, 
the level of booze this guy got after this. I mean, man, he deserves all those booze every time he exists anywhere, ever. But damn, did he get heel heat for this. That's the, only, that's the only good thing that he's ever done in his career, I guess. Is get heel heat for being cruiserweight champion. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, and then Brock beat Braun. And that was the end of him. Oh, and then later on Raw Talk after this pay-per-view, Alexa suggests that Mickey James is too old, so they, of course, have to feud after this. Um, you know, that feud where Mickey called her Biscuit Butt. You know, we're in the women's revolution, but we're having people out here make fun of each other's body parts or something. That's feminist. That's... That's great. You should totally be doing that. That's totally awesome. You see how sarcastic I'm being about this? Because this is not what we're doing. Have real feuds. You shouldn't... Let's not have feuds between women and one of them calling each other too old and the other one calling them biscuit butt to the point where the other one is just not... In the middle of an interview, just like I saying I like my butt, whatever. It's like, why? This isn't. No. This is supposed. This is supposed to be about fe, uh, female empowerment, and you're having them uh, tear down each other's bodies. Okay, great. Or their age. That's helpful. Fuck off with that shit. Uh, Neville left WWE soon after this. Uh. I don't know if he was pissed off because Enzo won the title, or if he was just pissed off about other things. But anyways, yeah, he, he left after this. And that is September. Moving on to October. We start with Hell in a Cell. Uh, we had the Usos versus New Day inside Hell in a Cell. That was, real, that was really fun. Never had a tag team. Well, I guess we had a 2-3 handicap Hell in a Cell match, but... That doesn't really count. We we had a tag team title Hell in a Cell match. That was really cool. Both of them real uh, they they all deserve this. I'm so happy they got to do this. I should watch this match again uh, sometime soon. I actually haven't uh, watched this in a long time, uh, but it was really good. It was a lot of fun. Ah, uh, remember when Natalia won the women's championship? The first and the first thing she did with it was have another fucking match with Charlotte. What the fuck happened to Naomi? Where the fuck did she go? She was fun. But what the fuck happened? I don't even know. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to read, I'm going to read my predictions for this one too. What, why are you doing this to me? Again. What did I do to you? Show me where they hurt you, WWE. Show me where they hurt you so I don't so I know why you're so sadistic that you give us this awful match for the third time in one and a half years. 
both women's divisions are so beyond fucked up right now. On Raw, you have had the title on someone who isn't bad, but is also mediocre since April. And we've gotten to the point where her title reign is so stale that we've gotten Mickey James as a challenger, who is who is nothing but title reign extension fodder, just so we wait for the Oscar inevitability. While the best talent of Raw flounders from poor writing and the refusal of WWE to to run with her, run with their actual best talent, Sasha and Emma and Bailey. And on SmackDown, we've run from Naomi to awful Natalia and now probably god awful Charlotte. While Becky sits around with nothing to do for a quote-unquote revolution of women in sports, WWE seems content in pushing the worst of the talent over the best ones. Gross. As far as this is concerned, can we all just take a second to thank whatever false deity that you believe in that this is not a Hell in a Cell match? Because for as much as people bitched and moaned about Sasha vs. Charlotte being the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match... Hope that triggered someone, by the way. At least, while the uh, at least while the story for that one left a lot to be desired, it absolutely deserved to be a cell match, and had at least one talent worthy of being in it. Unfortunately, that match never happened. It never happened. Good God Almighty, that match's result, which was one of the biggest blemishes slash blunders in WWE history, never fucking happened. Oh, God, I triggered myself. Sorry. Moving on. Anyways, imagine if this was the first ever Hell in a, women's Hell in a Cell match. Or if this was one in general. We'd all have to die. So, as much as I'm rooting for Carmella, go Meteor. <sighs> it's, it's a thing. Uh, one second. Yeah, that ended in disqualification. Yeah, uh, Baron Corbin won the U.S. title from AJ. It was a three-way match that invo- it also involved Ty Dillinger. Apparently, Rude had a match against Dolph. It was Rude's first. Uh, Rude debuted after SummerSlam, I guess, and Dolph was his first opponent too, like he was Shinsuke's. Yeah, Rudolph, the unwanted tag team. They were a team. That happened. Jinder beat Nakamura again, and they had the same match. It wasn't any better. Oh, and what? If I remember correctly, I didn't mention this before, before, but I just remembered it now. But at some point in the build-up to one of these two, and I think it was for the second one, but I'm not positive. Jinder had some, like, openly racist stuff about Shinsuke at some point. I don't remember exactly what it was. It involved the Titantron. It might have, like, edited images or something on the Titantron of him. I don't know. It was something. But there was actively open, openly racist stuff about Japanese people in it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell match. 40 minutes... Or 39-minute Hell in a Cell match. And we're gonna, I'm going to read my review of this as well. And then Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon in an all-right Hell in a Cell match. 
First off, this match went 39 full minutes, which was 25 minutes too long. I don't need to see non-wrestler Shane McMahon for 40 minutes. So disrespectful to the actual wrestlers to give an old guy who doesn't wrestle 40 minutes. Honestly, if they'd started with the stuff that's actually uh, that was on top of the cell and went from there, I'd actually call this good. But they wasted so much time on the inside when you knew how it would end. So it was pointless. Even uh, even then, there was a coast-to-coast, which, uh, which is nothing new. Owens tried to cannonball McMahon through a table, but missed. That was moderately interesting. Uh, the biggest what-the-fuck moment was how the ref called a rope break to break to break up the pin after the coast-to-coast, because, as we all know, there is no rope break in Hell in a Cell, for fuck's sake. Apparently, when the cell matches false count anywhere, especially when it's false count anywhere, eventually Shane finally decided to, uh, to leave the cell because, well, he can, apparently, so he did. Uh, the match would, uh, the match could have done without all of that because it was slow and led to nothing but the rough looking like an idiot. So eventually Owens gets Shane on the announce table and then climbs the cell, but then takes far too long pacing, uh, instead of actually jumping off of the cell. So sh- so Shane gets up and we waste more time waiting for him to climb up and they fight on top of the cell for a while. But all they do is tease you with a bunch of moves with no falling off the cell or no going through the cell. So who the fuck cares? You do, uh, you just did moves on top of steel. So that po- so at that point, so it was just a chamber match at that point. Either do a couple moves and then move on or make sure someone goes through the fucking cell. I'm not impressed by moves on top of steel without any actual consequences. Anyways, they start to climb down. Shane knocks Owens off the t- off of the table, but of course that isn't enough for Shane, so we have to drag things on on even longer as he puts Owens on another table, climbs the cell again, wasting more time, and then does the exact same dive he always does, which is not impressive. But he missed because Sami Zayn pulled Owens out of the way, which is legitimately the only interesting thing to come from this match, as he then made Owens cover Shane for the win. If you'd cut 20 minutes and started at the top of the cell, they'd have had a far better match. Yeah. That was far more than necessary. That... <sighs> Just... It's that year's uh, Orton versus Edge in terms of length. Uh, let's just move on to TLC. The Cursed Show. We were supposed to get two. We were supposed to get Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt and The Shield versus five people, but Roman and Bray both had an illness, so we got Finn versus AJ Styles and Angle replaced Roman in that match. We were supposed to get Pumpkin Demon Finn Balor versus Sister Abigail Bray Wyatt. Thank God that didn't happen. For fuck's sake, first off, why the fuck was Finn a pumpkin? Or going to be a pumpkin? Why was he a jack-o'-lantern? I don't know. And Bray was going to be Sister Abigail? I'm glad we didn't open that can of worms. 
Because you just know some people would get into some weird transphobic shit there, and we just didn't need that. We don't. We don't need any. Tra- we don't need any any transphobia anywhere. And I'm I'm just sure that would have led to some shit like that. And thankfully, we didn't get any of that because this match didn't happen. Finn versus AJ was really good though. Uh, we also had Emma versus Asuka. Emma's second to last match. Uh, this was really good. Uh, this was Asuka's main roster debut. Uh, Alexa retained against Mickey, and no one was surprised by that. Uh, again, Finn beat AJ. Uh, and then uh, Kurt Angle in the Shield outfit was really weird. Again, it was Seth Dean and Kurt Angle versus Miz, The Bar, Braun, and Kane. What a fucking weird combination. Three on five TLC match. Apparently, Braun and Kane beat the shit out of each other in this match. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, Shield and Angle won. Yeah, that, that was a that was a fucking weird show. Uh, Emma left the company after this. Uh, she had one more match with Asuka the next night. Uh, Leo Rush tweeted something he probably shouldn't have because everyone done dogpiled on him. Uh, yeah, and, uh, we're going to talk about this because the incident happened in October, even though we didn't find, none of us found out about this until January of the next year, but we're going to, um, Enzo's rape accusation, the incident that led to that happened sometime in October. Now, obviously, it, we, we found out that this didn't happen the way that we thought it happened, and there was no actual rape. That being said, just because there wasn't doesn't mean that you don't believe people when they tell you about stuff that happened to them, because false accusations are unbelievably rare, and it's because of people like you who assume that all of them are false immediately just because they're against your favorite sports sports people or celebrity people that people don't report them and you're not helping anything stop being assholes thank you All right, now we move on to November. This is officially now my longest podcast, by the way. Uh, Alexa retained the Raw Women's Championship against Mickey James in the main event of Raw with a slap. Letting that sink in. She won the Raw, or retained the Raw Women's Championship in the main event of Raw, with a slap. Diva era level bullshit. This is not something you do after the women's revolution. This is diva era level bullshit. All of her credibility... Any of the credibility she had, it's gone now. 
Bliss has none. Bliss cannot possibly have won a match with a slap. It's not her character. It's not anything. She could not possibly have won a match with a slap. This was a main event match. Standard Diva finisher from SmackDown games in like the early 2000s. That's what Alexa Bliss just won a match with. Bullshit. Uh, yeah, so at this point we were about to have Raw versus SmackDown matches at SummerSlam and all the champions were going to face each other. Main champions women's champions, tag champ, etc. So we're think we're sitting here thinking like we really going to get Brock versus Jinder? We really doing that? <laughs> no, AJ beat Jinder on SmackDown. Uh, also, Charlotte won the SmackDown Women's Championship from Natal- from Natalia. Why the fuck was Natalia champion again? She had one title defense on pay-per-view and she got disqualified. Why was she ever the champion to begin with? Who knows? Uh, anyways, so Survivor Series. We got The Shield versus The New Day. That was really fun. Uh, the women's elimination tag team match was Sasha, Bailey, Asuka, Alicia Fox, and Nia Jax against Becky, Naomi. Hey, Naomi's back. Where the hell was she the past month when she should have gotten the title match against Natalia on pay-per-view? Uh, Carmella, Natalia, and Tamina. Becky was eliminated first? Why? Bailey was eliminated second? And by Tamina? Oh, whatever. Yeah, Bailey will be at Money in the Bank in 2020, I bet. Uh, Nia versus Tamina stuff happened for some reason. Well, uh, Sasha was eliminated by Natalia. Again, that was the second year in a row she was fucking eliminated by Natalia. Asuka uh, was the sole survivor. That was good. But the rest of this match left a lot to be desired. <laughs> Charlotte and Alexa had a match. That was hilarious. Charlotte won. Uh, Brock versus AJ was pretty good. Uh, the men's elimination match was also kind of weird. Uh, Angle and Braun and Finn and uh, Samoa Joe and Triple H against Shane. Orton, Bobby Roode, uh, Shinsuke, and Cena. Uh, Shinsuke was eliminated first. The fuck? Uh, Triple H turned on Kurt Angle when it was like 3-on-1 against Shane. I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn interfered in here somewhere. Uh, and then Braun attacked Triple H after the match because uh, he turned on Kurt Angle. And then I think Triple H was trying to attack him. So that was a thing. So that's Survivor Series. Uh, in on the next Raw, uh, Paige returned with Absolution, and then uh, the Riot Squad debuted on SmackDown. So we uh, had an influx of female talent, thankfully. Uh, then, but in the meantime, Alexa Bliss did nothing for like six weeks. She did nothing from the night of Summer uh, Survivor Series. The night. Uh, so from the Raw after Survivor Series, she did not do a single thing until Christmas. Uh, uh, she did not. She didn't have a match. 
she uh she might have been on commentary at most this is your champion not even not the the 30 day rule of defending titles notwithstanding she doesn't even have a match not one and she's not hurt the fuck is wrong with you this is supposed to be the standard of your women's division, and she doesn't even have a single match within six weeks. There's something you, there's something wrong there. If you can't count on your your women's champion to have one single match in a six week period, there's something fucking wrong with that. And finally, we move to December. And finally, moving to December. We're just going to talk about Clash of Champions for a little bit. Dolph won the United States Championship from Baron Corbin. A three-way match that also included Bobby Roode. Uh, he ended up vacating this title uh, the two on the SmackDown after this and left. So what the fuck was the point of that? Uh, Charlotte beat Natalia again. For fuck's sake. We didn't need one match between them, but we got three of them. If all you can think to do with Natalia is have her have matches with Charlotte, have Natalia retire. Fuck. We don't need her. She's been around 4,200 days. Fucking retire. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had a match against Randy Orton and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, a tag team match with both Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan as special referees. Not one referee, spe- special referee. Two. We had two. That was a mess. That was that was the Shane and Daniel Bryan storyline that was really, really annoying, in my opinion. And AJ retained the title against Jinder. So Jinder was out of the title picture. Uh, and a few last notes. Uh, the first Women's Royal Rumble was announced. Uh... Short, uh, shortly after Clash of Champions, uh, you can complain about how it was announced, whatever. Uh, but very happy that they they uh, announced this. Now we got two Royal Rumbles a year, not just one, and it's awesome. And then Oscar kicked Alexis face off on Christmas. That is December. That is 2017. What a fucking bonkers year it was. This is, in fact, the longest podcast I've ever done. It's not as long as I thought it would be. It is, but it is the longest podcast I've ever done. For some reason, I thought this podcast might go, like, four hours. It's only about two hours. It's two hours and, like, maybe 20 minutes. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this bonkers year. Uh... Will we ever get something as crazy as this again? I don't know. This year has this year has been not great for many reasons, but it hasn't been bonkers like this for wrestling reasons. So, yeah. Anyways, have a good night, everyone.